Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about our role in cultivating the soil of our children's hearts. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over 13 years. And so far we have five children under eight. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over nine years through blogging, social media, and writing over 10 books. With a desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us uh, for this week's episode of Marriage After God. And, uh, you know, we know a lot of you are also parents or parents-to-be, um, or maybe you're newlyweds and you're just talking about having kids one day, which is awesome. Um, but we wanted to share this episode, which is all about um, your children's hearts and uh, just the important role that we have as parents Um to participate in uh, in guiding them and loving them and pointing them to God. Um, so we just hope that you guys uh, enjoy this episode. Yeah, before we get into the episode, I just want to invite you to uh, take our Parenting Prayer Challenge. Uh, it's a 30-day, actually 31-day challenge that we set up where you'll get an email every day with a topic to pray for your son or daughter or both. You can sign up for both if that's where you're at. And uh, it's a reminder every day. And it's got a verse that goes with it. And it's pretty awesome. Lots of people have already taken this challenge. Uh, you can go to parentingprayerchallenge.com, parentingprayerchallenge.com, all one word. And it's completely free. We just want to invite you to get in a habit of praying daily for your children. Okay, so speaking of prayer, um, we also end every episode of Marriage After God with a prayer. And so uh, today's prayer is just for you parents. So uh, stick with us till the end and uh, you'll be blessed by hearing that. So we're in, it's like summer now. Is yeah. it officially summer? I don't know. When well, that, it's hot. Yeah, it's really hot. <laughs> um, but we've been um, planning some stuff. I feel like planning this year has been a little bit, like last year we had so many things, but we're we're going to have a little bit less this year, but we're going to focus on a few things that we really loved from last year in mm-hmm. our little garden boxes. I really like this time of year and the transition from like finishing up school and celebrating just all the hard work we did there to then being outside like 100% of the day and just kind of getting, our, ha- been, yeah. Yeah, getting our hands dirty and... We've got a little pink uh, plastic pool that the kids just splash around in that yeah. they've loved. Getting our hands dirty and, and planting, we planted marigolds and just some other 
fun things for the kids. I think we have a couple tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Elliot's strawberries came back like with a with a passion. Yeah, they're There's so a lot. good. They've been eating them like every day. Uh, we, we have um, our. I feel like our peaches a couple of years ago did way better. Um, did, I, I feel like maybe it was the first or second year there was a lot of peaches. Yeah, and this year, um, right in the beginning of the you know growth where the leaves are just budding, there we they got oh, attacked by aphids, and yeah. I wasn't quick to get to them, and so because I had Edith, and, and so like it that. took. Uh, <laughs> It took a lot to like get them back to a healthy place. But my apple tree is in a really great place. It's got like a hundred apples on it. Yeah, Aaron's got a an Arkansas black apple. It's It's a beautiful tree. But it has the most had the most flowers, and man, that thing um, almost everything got (laughs) pollinated. They're like, there's a lot of apples on it. I'm excited. Yeah, if you guys are interested in seeing some of our garden progress throughout the summer, um, check us out on Instagram. Um, I share stuff. Aaron shares stuff. um, So at Unveiled Wife, at Husband Revolution, and then at Marriage After God. If you follow follow us on all three of them, you're you're bound to see, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of everything, I think. <laughs> uh, one little cool project we just finished, and it only took us a day, it was really cool, uh, was a, f- a raised flower bed for yeah, Olive. Olive loves to cut flowers and make bouquets, and she just loves color. So we thought, let's make her her own um, area where she knows she could just dig in there and cut flowers and give them to friends or put them in her room. But we're excited about that, too. And she loves cutting flowers. Yeah. She always wants to go pick them from other people's yards. And we're like, don't do that. Yeah. Those are not our flowers. <laughs> Those are not ours. So we have flowers at our house that she can go pick. She also likes to stick them in her hair. And I always have to blow them off first to make sure there's no bugs. <laughs> yeah. And she, so she just loves flowers. So that's a really awesome thing that we're going to do. We got to get some soil for it. And then we're going to plant a bunch of beautiful flowers. Yeah. But speaking of soil, uh, you know, we intentionally were talking about our gardening because we're going to be talking about soil and our children's hearts. Also, I'm going to interrupt you. I also saw an article about how, um, especially because of, you know, COVID and the quarantine and everything that everyone's been going through, that gardening is a really great way to decrease stress. And so get outside. This is our (laughs) uh, public service announcement. Get outside and go garden, go plant something, especially with your kids and teach them about how miraculous and creative God is. Um, And if you don't have a yard, you can easily get some plastic cups and put them in your window with some yeah. flowers or little tomato plants or I yeah. don't know what you could put them in, but pretty much anything, right? Find fun in it. Yeah. Right? Um, and if, uh, does, does mowing the lawn count as gardening? Mm. It's like de-stressful. It's I, taking care of yourself. So Yeah. I, I like mowing my lawn. That makes me <laughs> uh, less stressed. Uh, so we're going to talk about soil. And uh, what made me think about this topic of our children's hearts uh, I, I was in a discussion a while back with some friends and we were talking about the parable of the soils. Uh, you know, Jesus tells this parable where um, a sower goes out to sow seed and some lands on the rocky place, some lands on the, the road, some lands on good soil. And then it talks about them producing fruit. Uh, and then some don't produce fruit. Some get choked out. Uh, but there's this parable. And then the, he asked me a question. He says, how do you think each of those soils got the way they were? Which I thought was an interesting question because... Mm-hmm. You can easily, I've always looked at the the parable and just assumed that those were all the different types of people, mm-hmm. which is true. But how did those people get that way? Well, I think this is just good as we go day to day, you know, in our daily Bible reading time and studying that we should be asking questions like this. This is how we dig a little deeper, right? So you, you read something in scripture and you can ask questions like, like this to try and get your mind to think yeah. about it a little bit more. Because it, it adds another layer of like, oh. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, why is that heart rocky? Or why is that heart good soil? Mm -hmm. Like what what makes the heart different? And so I just thought it was an interesting discussion. And um, so I don't know if 
the way we're going to just explain this is like the right answer. But I feel like from what I know from scripture um, and what I, what I've read and how, what I've seen, and just actually when you look at normal life, that there's some merit to what we're going to talk about today. Um, So we hope it encourages you and uh, we hope you take it with a grain of salt and that you go do your own digging into the word of God and you navigate these things with your spouse and in prayer and with community. Um, But we're going to talk about how we can how we're to participate in the cultivating, the preparing, the prepping. We as in parents. Yeah, our, us as parents, our children's hearts to receive. The gospel. The gospel, mm-hmm. the word of God, the seed, mm-hmm. right? That um, is going to be planted. Um, and a part of that is us planting, right? But mm-hmm. we're, we're prepping them in, in many different ways. Um, and, the, and so the first thing I thought of was when we were discussing this, Jennifer, um, I brought up nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. It's this idea in psychology of like, well, what is the most, what's the most effectual thing in a child's development? Is it their nature, meaning just how their like DNA is formed, how their personal internal mechanisms work? Or is it nurture, how they're raised, their their environment, environment, how they're influenced by external things? That's the idea. Um, Like their parents. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So parenting would be what that would be the nurture part. Yeah. Um, nature would be just who they are, who they are, what, what's inside what of them. What they're prone to. Yeah. But what, what I see from scripture is it's both of those things mm-hmm. in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's many different things in life that, um, affect the, the soil of someone's heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Like major life events, um, uh, deaths of people close to us, uh, trauma, um, exciting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many things that happen in our life that who we are internally, how God made us, how we were knit together in the womb, mm-hmm. reacts to those things in different ways. So mm-hmm. everyone's going to react. Like the same thing can happen to five people, and all five of those people are going to be affected by that exact situation mm-hmm. totally different. Yeah. So one thing that I love about this episode is that, um, you know, as parents, one of the questions, and as Christian parents, one of the questions that we have is, um, will our kids become Christian? Will they receive? It's like the number one question. From the Lord, right? And so I think other parents have that that question, and um, they probably think about it from time to time as their kids grow up. And so the next question then is, well, what is our job as, as parents who do believe in the Lord? What, what's our role? What, mm-hmm. what does that influence look like um, in our child's life? I also want to add that um, when th- this question pops up in my mind, um, I do pray for my children's salvation as often as I can because I, I desire that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that it's their own journey, you know, in relationship with God. Um, and I also want to just note that if you went through our 31 prayers for my son and daughter, we actually included a specific prayer. You're talking about our books, right? Yes. 31 prayers for my son and 31 prayers for my daughter. Um, They're books that we wrote a while back for parents to just inspire their their prayer life over their Mm -hmm. children. And we, we put a specific prayer in there for salvation because it is just like... It's like the number one thing. Right? That we desire. (laughs) (laughs) But... um. Yeah, I just I just wanted to share that really quick. And if you guys haven't um, had a chance to go look at those resources, you can check it out at shop.marriageaftergod.com. Um, but we, we should have this prayer in our hearts, petitioning to God uh, for our children and just keep it at the forefront of our minds as we mm-hmm. raise them and love on them. And just before we get into this, a quick note. Uh, is it our job to save our children? No, we can't. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Just like anyone in the world, we right. can't we can't change hearts, but mm-hmm. there's something very powerful that we can be. We're we're the most powerful influencer in our children's lives. Mm-hmm. We should be at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we're. That's what we're going to talk. We're not going to talk about how to make sure your children are saved, but we are going to talk about the role that we play in making their hearts, preparing their hearts yeah. for salvation, preparing their hearts to receive mm-hmm. the word. Uh, so, um, the first thing I want to start with is. Adam from the garden, right? First man. Going way back. Yeah, he's the first man in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. Uh, so men and women both are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. We uh, inherently, hold, we, we carry different aspects of God's nature yeah. in us. And in the way we are, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we um, operate. God made us that way. And then it says in verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So the first command really that God gives to Adam and Eve, um, I mean, there's that, the command of you can eat of everything, but don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But then he says be f- to them both, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Not just multiply, right? right? Not just recreating, like but God's not command. F- sorry. No, but I was going to say, but be fruitful. Right. So God's, yeah, the command's not, have lots of babies. <laughs> the commands have fruitful ones. <laughs> have fruitful children. So whenever the Bible talks about fruit in the Bible, bad or good, right? That's a representation of the thing coming out of us. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> how are we cultivating the f- our children to be fruitful? Mm-hmm. That's this idea. So there's all these gardening terms, you know, the, the you know cultivating and, and, and fruitfulness. So Keep going. <laughs> we have children. So we have children, and we want them. To, we want them to be fruitful. We want our children to raise their kids one day to have fruitful children, right? And then in Deuteronomy, so how do we do this? How do, what's one of the one ways God's given us in Deuteronomy oh, 11, 19? You said, how do we do this? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy <laughs> do this, yeah. It says, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 19, it says, You shall teach them to your children. He's talking about the commands. Talk of them when you are sitting in your house, and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. So, so this is like a casual, like all parts of the day. Yeah. You're, it, what it is, is it's a way of life. Yeah. So um, when I think about what is our home to look like, how are we to cultivate fruitfulness in our children, prepare their hearts, that soil of their mm-hmm. heart for when the seed, when they do get that mm-hmm. you know, seed of the gospel, right? Either from us or from someone else, that... We, this is like the main thing. There's not much in the Bible about parenting, which is amazing because mm-hmm. we were just talking about this. Parenting is hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like we literally sometimes feel like we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> but I feel like every single parent feels that way. You would think that there'd be like an entire book in the Bible about parenting and like, here's how you do this. <laughs> here's how you do this. But in reality- There's some things we can apply, right? Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's a handful of areas that directly talks to how we raise kids. And one of them very early on is teach them God's word. Yeah. Teach them laws. Now that, that this is to the Jewish people and he's specifically telling them to teach them the law, but it still applies to us as Christians that we're to teach the word to our mm-hmm. kids. Right. And so this is one of the main ways we do this. Cultivate our children's hearts is by being a home either in the morning, in the evening, at night, when we're walking around, when we're going to bed, when we're awake, whatever it is. Yeah. This actually reminds me because sometimes we'll post about um, family Bible time and we usually do ours in the morning. And I've seen mm-hmm. people say, oh, I, I don't think my husband can do it because he leaves to work really early. Or or they'll even say, oh, we have to do ours at night because you know of his work schedule yeah. um, so that the family can be together. And 
you know, I think any time of day that you can share mm-hmm. the word is a good time. And an example of this, like, so you're teach, you're helping Olive Garden. Yeah. Right. Olive's Garden. <laughs> um, w- you can be out there and you're in the soil and you're digging it up and you're helping her put a seed in. What's wrong? That, that moment is a perfect moment to be like, hey, you know, how do you think this seed grows? Mm-hmm. Like if this seed doesn't, you know, die in the ground. Yeah. And now you're literally pulling up you know, a parable that Jesus gave. Mm-hmm. He says, unless the seed dies, you know, there can be no plant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about himself, his own body, you know, the breaking of his body. It also needs sunlight. It needs sunlight. <laughs> so there's so many things that in just normal life, um, you could be teaching the word of God to your kids, mm-hmm. right? But what does it take to be able to do that? Well, you have to be prepared. You have to be ready. So you, have to be, you have to know the word yourself. Know the word of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Being in the word and discussing it with your spouse, as we talked about last week, you know, getting, you know, having these conversations, reading the Bible, um, reading through it. If you're a believer and you haven't read through the whole Bible, I want to encourage you to read through the whole Bible. Remember what we believe in Mm -hmm. is this word. And if we haven't read the whole thing, how do we know what we're believing in? Yeah. Like we need to know the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So read it, know it. So you can at least tell your children, like, yeah, I've read through the whole Bible <laughs> at minimum. <laughs> but like, it's also good because you get to know the whole thing. So we be, we're a home. So this first and foremost, our job as being fruitful and multiplying, having bearing fruit and, and cultivating the heart of our children is being a home where the word is taught mm. and okay. spoken of. Okay, so Aaron likes to, to teach and I like to say, okay, so how do we do this practically? Aaron, for all of our listeners, they're like sitting there going, okay, so how? how? Just do it. Just yeah, kidding. just do it. Um, that Which is whole true. Book? You should just do it. Where's that whole book in the Bible about parenting, right? Yeah. Um, so how do we do this as parents practically? Um, well, first I want to just share Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't say train up a child in a specific way he should go. It's just it's just telling us like... In the way. In, which, well, in whichever way you train that child, when he grows up, he will not depart from it. And so... Um, that's, that should be an encouragement to us to be aware of how we're training and teaching our children. Um, and what you're not saying you can train them up any way you want. What you're saying is whatever way you train them, they will right. adapt to that. Right. They'll be familiar with it. They'll know yeah. it. They will. So we should be aware yeah. that if we sit back and we expect that someone else is going to teach our kids about the Lord mm-hmm. or that someone else is going to teach them about the world and we're just going to kind of sit back and do our thing, we're teaching something. Well, they're going to have that same mentality when they become parents. Yeah. But if we can do the hard work and the intentionality, have the intentionality to invest in them while they're little, then chances are, mm-hmm. you know, as I look at this verse, when they become parents, they will do the investing into their children. It's that legacy living. It's that yeah. generational, you know, passing on of um, knowledge and, and inspiration. Mm-hmm. We have to teach them how to pray. So we have to teach them what it looks like, what it feels like, what the Bible says about prayer so that they know and feel confident in praying. Yeah. And, you know, we've written several books on prayer, not on um, specifically how to pray, but we've written books for prayer to be an inspiration to people that want to know how to pray. And the reason we did that is because we had so, we still have people all the time saying, you know, how do we pray? I need some encouragement on how to pray. Or hey, I've gone through your book and man, there's things I didn't even know I should be praying for. Um, and I think this is a product of uh, not being taught how to pray, not being shown it by example, not being like what you were just saying. What does the word say about it? You know, what does Jesus say about it? What does the Bible, what does um, the, you know, the epistles talk about prayer? 
And also I've learned from just experience with our five children is giving them an opportunity to pray at the dinner table, mm-hmm. at Bible time, before bed, um, when they get hurt, when they're dealing with, um, you know, conflict issues with siblings or, or with each other, you know, with, with the parent yeah. and the child, um, giving them opportunities to experience prayer um, and showing them what, it, what that's like. Yeah, because the last thing we want is to make prayer a distant and foreign concept to them. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I mean, because some people might be thinking like, well, what if they don't understand what they're doing? There's lots of things that we teach our kids that they have to learn to do before they understand why they're doing it. There's a lot of things, so many things, math, <laughs> uh, reading. We have to teach them like they're not understanding everything, but we're teaching them the fundamentals of it. So prayer is important. And if we do it with them, show them and allow them to do it it's going to be that, that much easier for them to um, grow in it, mm-hmm. in their faith. What's the next thing? So the next one is um, teach them how to read and understand the Bible. And that just requires, you know, reading it to them, reading parts of it to them um, that, you know, age appropriately, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and then as they become readers, giving them sections to read. Um, what do you have anything for that? Yeah, I would say uh, there's probably a bunch of listeners that are thinking to themselves like, well, I don't know how to read the Bible or understand it. Mm. And then I would ask those listeners, were you shown it? Were you taught mm. it by your parents? Did they exemplify to you a life of reading the word of God, not being afraid of it, not, you know, opening it up and mm. talking about it. And if that's you and you didn't have that example, don't be afraid to Start. learn now as an adult, yeah. um, how to do this. And to be honest, s- just start. Yeah. And this is what we tell people all the time is like, open the word of God, go to the book of John, read through the gospels, mm-hmm. uh, open up Proverbs and just show your kids that the Bible is not something to be afraid of. Yeah. Read it. It's a, it's a book that God wrote about himself <laughs> for us. Uh, the next thing, it, uh, practically teach them who God is, that he's not this like, well, what is, what is God? Who's God? What, what's his name? Like the Bible tells us what his names are, what his names are right? How to, how to, how he describes himself. We, there's all these stories. The Bible's about him and his son. There's actually a really cool book that I got for the kids. Um, I don't know who it's by, sorry, but it's called the names of God and it's orangish and it has, um, Moses in the burning bush on the cover, Oh, cool! but each, each page has a name of God with a description of what, what Mm. that name means. So that's a great point is resources. Also find (laughs) other resources that teach who God is Yeah. right now. I would make sure that those resources are biblical, (laughs) but, uh, find ways to incorporate teaching your children. Like, Hey, who is this God? Oh, he created everything. Oh, so you read the, you read the words of them, you show them in other ways and you teach them. So, uh, moving on to practically, you know, teaching your children, you got to teach them God's plan for redemption and why we need redemption. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and this this is, sorry, this isn't like, like a once conversation. This This is is like like over time and it's layered. So you start out small with the small kids and it just, um, you know, grows and can I give one real practical example yeah. when I make a mistake let's say I um I, I I assume my son did something that he didn't do which unfortunately happens, happens. <laughs> and I and then I have to go to him and be like hey I thought you did this thing and you didn't do it I'm so sorry and I have to apologize and then I tell him you know what because all people make mistakes. And I just, I want you to know that we need to repent of our mistakes and we need to recognize them and know that we are mistake makers Mm -hmm. or sinners. So you're showing him what repentance looks like. Yes. And then I say, but this is why it's so awesome that God sent Jesus Mm -hmm. because none of us can do it on our own. We Mm -hmm. are all sinners and and enslaved to our sin without Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus died for our sins. 
So even the sin that like my mistake I made that, you know, when I've lied in the past, when I've done this or stole, like whatever it is that I've sinned in, Jesus has washed that away. And that's why I believe in him Mm. and he helps me be better. Mm -hmm. And so now we get to, in our conversations, when we have these little, you know, situations, we get to show them in very small ways and over and over and over again, because we all make mistakes a Mm. lot, Mm. what God's plan for redemption is for mankind. Mm. You have some um, verses here. I think you should share them just so mm-hmm. that people listening can be reminded today of why we need redemption. It'll be good for mm-hmm. them too. So why don't you just roll through them? Yeah, this, so this isn't, all these are from Romans, the book of Romans. And uh, Romans 3.21 says, but now, it's actually 21 through 26. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And that's kind of a a, a simple synopsis of, we're all sinners. We're all under judgment. Christ came and he took on our punishment. That's what propitiation means. He replaced us for himself. Mm-hmm. And so we get to, and, and it was to show God's glory, not our glory. Mm-hmm. And it was to redeem us through faith in Jesus. So that we teach our kids that over and over and over again, because we want the, one of the problems in this world of people not receiving the gospel is people thinking that they don't need it. Mm. They don't know well, people are good. Why, why do I, I'm a good person. I don't need Jesus. Okay. That's great. Every person it says for all have sinned and fallen short. Mm-hmm. We all need Jesus. Every man, woman, child on the planet need Jesus. And so we teach them over and over and over again, like, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, you are good. And you, you're, and you're walking in this, but we are inherently sinners and we need Jesus. And so, uh, we need to teach them that. Okay, so moving on to the next one, it's um, teach them what it means to be a Christian. So you're exemplifying that, obviously, through your own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through your words and through scripture, you can also teach them what does it look like? What does it mean to be a Christian? Um, John thirteen thirty five says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So, right. so love this is, Jesus, obe- obey him. <laughs> yeah, so the the way we show them what it means to be a Christian is by our lives yeah. for them, so that the word of God plays it on them. So we love Jesus and we obey Jesus. Um, Jesus says, love, love God and love, love each other. These are the greatest two commandments. Yeah. And so in summary of this one is don't, Say, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, say, don't say you're a Christian, then not be a Christian. <laughs> yeah, do what I say and what I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we live it out for our children. Yeah. And then um, the last one here is teach them God's laws. And so in Galatians um, 3, 24 through 26, it says, So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're, we're taught about our need for a savior by the law. That's the, that's the job of the law 
right? So a lot of people are thinking like, well, we don't, we're not under the law, so why would we teach it? Because it's the law that brings us to the knowledge of needing a savior. Yeah. I can't keep the law. I need a savior, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we need, to, we need to teach the, our kids what the Bible says about morality, what the Bible says about sin. So we are to work the ground as Adam did. Adam's first job was to take care of the garden. Mm-hmm. He was to name all the animals. He was to tend to the plants. This was his, his job. So he's working the ground. So it's our job to work the ground of our children's hearts. Adam didn't make the trees produce fruit. God did that. Mm-hmm. There's, an, there's another scripture that says, one man waters, another man plants, but mm-hmm. it's the Lord that brings the increase. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is how it is in gardening. We put the seed in the ground. We do the water. The soil's there. We have to trust the Lord that he's going to do by, through nature what he created those to do. So we work the ground of our children's hearts by loving them, uh, teaching them, showing them, uh, being with them, and making sure that we're, we're getting the, their hearts soft yeah. and so, ready. Uh, at the beginning of this season in our garden, we've touched on it briefly in the beginning, but um, before we had planted anything other than the strawberries, because they're perennial and they come back every year, uh, we went through and broke up all the soil because it, it gets kind of hard after snow has been sitting mm-hmm. on it and dries out. After it's been neglected. Yeah. And so we break up all the soil and we loosen it with a rake and then we add some amendments, you know, to mm-hmm. just kind of get it lively again. And then we plant. And mm-hmm. so I think that... And then um, we constantly water mm-hmm. and prune and add amendments. Yeah. I think that what we're trying to share with you guys here today is that we need to give our children the best ground for the word of God to grow in. And so that's kind of why we wanted to pull in this picture of our Mm -hmm. children's hearts being like soil and that we get the privilege, the, the responsibility and the opportunity to, to share with them what it means to be a Christian and to believe in God and, um, and what it looks like through our own example. Yeah. Um, And again, this doesn't mean that we're in control of their salvation, but we are in control of how we raise our children, how we love them, how we show them the gospel through our lives, how we teach them the gospel through our words, and that we make them uh, aware Mm -hmm. and and knowledgeable and ready to receive when that time comes. And what, to, to, for faith to come alive in them. Totally. And as a warning for all of us parents, something that we don't want to do, we don't want to participate in hardening that soil. We, we don't want to exasperate our children. We don't want to mm-hmm. make them, you know... Or discourage them. Yeah, discourage mm-hmm. them or, or anything like that. And so this is a good time, you guys, for all of us to just evaluate our parenting, uh, the way we interact with our children, the way we interact with each other in front of our children. You know, not mm-hmm. not... I mean all times, not just in front of, but even behind closed doors, you know, I think it's so, so vital that we, um, do a heart check and say, are we, are we walking out what we believe to be true? Um, and I just want to give an encouragement to, um, anyone who may have children that are older and maybe they feel like this is too, that's too late. Like, Oh, I wish I would have heard this years ago. Okay. That I, I don't know what that's like, but I want to encourage those parents that, you may have a different role in your child's life now. Maybe you're not so involved. Maybe you don't have as much time as you'd like, but you can pray for them. You can encourage them. You can be available to them and reach out to mm-hmm. them and say, hey, I, I just want you to know I'm here mm-hmm. for you when you're ready. Um, and also to trust the Lord, because mm-hmm. again, we're not 
in charge of their salvation. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have we believe in a powerful God, a God mm-hmm. of miracles, a God of healing. And so why not pray those prayers like we should mm-hmm. be? So let's um, read the actual parable, the sower and the seed and the soils, because uh, this is where this all came from. It's in Matthew 13. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose... They were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. And so it goes on to, Jesus explains that the seed is the word of God, and the soil is men's hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get this idea from. And I just want to give a quick, like, thought, right? So, we look at the one with the thorns that grows up with the, and it chokes him out and it explains about like the, the riches of the world and the worries of the world. That's something that we could do. If we show our kids by the way we raise them, that work is the most important, that money is the most important, that possessions are the most important, that status is the most important. What do you think is going to happen with that faith when it springs up and the real world kicks in mm. and they have bills and they're chasing a career, and they, right? We could potentially give them a perspective of the world that could have those things grow up in them, with them, and choke them out because they're going to feel so um, anxious about these things rather than running to the Word of God and realizing that that's the most important. They're, that God knows and that their walk with Jesus is is the main thing. So that's just a simple way to understand some of these ideas is mm-hmm. like, what are the things that we're showing our kids with our lives and teaching them by our actions and choices? I love that. You know, as you're explaining that just now, I remembered last year we planted several, well, probably close to like eight uh, mammoth sunflowers. And it was a really oh, cool, yeah. Those were uh, cool experience. Um, they were super tall, like eight 12, feet tall. No, no some, 12. Yeah, I, they, it was, they were crazy huge. And the heads on them were so big. Um, but if you guys remember with sunflowers um, and many flowers, they follow the sun. It was just super obvious with these because mm-hmm. of how big their heads were. But, um, but as the sun traveled across the sky throughout the day, they would literally turn mm-hmm. and be facing a different direction, but they were always facing the sun. And what I love about this, Aaron, is, is you know, as our children grow up and become adults, our hope, my hope for my children is that they're chasing the sun, they're chasing the sun that good. they are always looking towards God's light and his word to guide them mm-hmm. and to feed them and to be their source of everything. Mm-hmm. And we could potentially... Um, hinder that way of thinking in them. Again, it's going to be their responsibility one day completely. But if we say God's the most important thing, but when they see in our life that other things are way more important Mm -hmm. by our actions, Mm -hmm. it could cloud them and they could chase things for many years until they, until they have to get on their knees and be like, where am I at? And they have to recalibrate themselves. So we could, we could help avoid that. Um, Mm -hmm. Not perfectly. Again, we just, this is a, how can we participate in the cultivating of the soil? So mm-hmm. if we could be thinking about these things, mm-hmm. then we could be like, man, are we showing our kids a consistent way of 
being in our own life. Yeah. Another thing that I just want to share with parents out there is um, make sure you are intentional to spend time with your children. That's not just doing stuff mm-hmm. um, around the house, but it's super, super focused um, where you're, you've got eye contact, you know, um, affection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're asking them really good questions and you're Unique like questions well, to that child. Well, things that they would know that you just want to get to know them Mm -hmm. because that's how you form trust. And that's how you, um, part of this whole idea of cultivating the soil is, um, is, is, is getting to know your children, but also participating in a conversation with them. So it's not just you telling them about God, it's you experiencing God with them Mm -hmm. and, and showing them what that looks like. Um, but don't miss out on the joy and the blessing of hearing from your children. Keep your ears open and your and heart. Our kids say amazing things. Yeah, and your heart sensitive to to their understanding because as they grow, that understanding changes. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good for us to um, to just dig in with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, yeah, it's good that we're listening to our kids, letting them know that we're there for them, and it also helps us to know what thing we should be focusing on with them when we listen to them and hear where their hearts are at, right? Um, so um, we hope that encourages you guys today. Uh, again, we're not the end-all be-all. We don't think this is the um, fix to everything, but it's a it's a way that we could shift our perspective as parents and be like, oh, like we have a, we're playing a role. It's not just a, you know, someday this thing's going to happen. It's a, we get to prepare them, help prepare them for that, to receive it. We get to help shape them and cultivate them. And uh, that's a pretty honorable thing that we get to do. And we need to realize how powerful it is, the role that we have in our children's lives. All right. Well, here's that time where you guys get the the blessing of uh, prayer. And it's specifically for you parents. Um, but for everyone listening, we just want to go into a time of prayer. So please join us. Dear Lord, thank you for the responsibility of parenting. It is not always easy, yet it is a worthy and noble task. We pray we would be intentional parents who tend to the soil of our children's hearts. We pray we would be willing to get down on our knees, to get dirty even when it's inconvenient or challenging, and show our children how to live according to your ways. We pray we would raise our children to know you and know your word. May you plant seeds of salvation in their hearts, and may our children receive you and be world changers, bringing you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, We love you guys. We're praying for you guys. Uh, We'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. 
Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.